from the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. Alright, welcome back. My name is John and this is the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. This is your weekly podcast about consumption and with me this week is the authority on Michigan craft beer. He is the host of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast and his name is Sean. Sean, how are you doing today? My man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's So, we've said before we record on a Monday and today was one of the more Monday is feeling Mondays I've had in quite some time. If that makes any sense. Did you have a bad day? It wasn't so much that it was bad. It's just that it was very, like, it felt like I was stuck in neutral all day. Like, nothing really happened. Nothing really, like, it felt like time stood still. Just kind of shitty in that sense. Nothing specifically bad happened, but just kind of a very Monday feeling Monday, which sucks. It's called being an adult, and I'm not a fan of it. Is this a Sesame Street music? This song goes out to my buddy John. Co-host, host of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. I don't even know what this is. You don't know what this is? No. I was going to edit this out, and now I'm not going to. This is this one goes out to you, John. While we're doing that, what have you been watching? Oh, we haven't even to the chorus yet. I don't even know what this is. So... I watched a plethora of things. A lot of really great things. Yeah, I watched the movie, the documentary, This Place Rules. It's an Andrew Callahan documentary on HBO Max. It's about the events leading up to January 6th. Uh, Andrew Callahan runs the channel, Channel 5 on YouTube. This goes out to you, John. Oh, this song. Okay, you can turn this off now. <laughs> So yeah, I watched that. It basically he he doc it's a documentary. He kind of follows all these weird people and Alex Jones and some of those people and talks to them. And I guess since the movie came out, there have been some allegations on Andrew Callahan's uh, dealings with the fairer sex. So that's all I'll say about that. So I also watched Sick of It, which is Carl Pilkington. If you're not familiar, Carl Pilkington is like a Ricky Gervais. What do you call it? Not an acolyte. I guess it's an acolyte. Somebody from the Ricky Gervais disciple. camp. Yeah, disciple. There you go. He, I, I really liked Idiot Abroad, which was his show where he went around to different countries, and he's kind of a he's the idiot in an Idiot Abroad. That was more of documentary style. This is actually a like a sitcom, and you can think of it as basically Curb Your Enthusiasm with Carl Pilkington instead of Larry David, except that is that a plus or a minus? I don't know. I mean, it's. It's not the exact same thing. He's kind of a a loser that gets into bad situations, I guess. Larry David doesn't do so much of that, but it kind of has that vibe. You know, there's something that comes up in the episode and it's going to be referenced at the end. Okay. But he, the, the twist on it is, is that he talks to himself, his conscience talks to him in the third person. So he'll be in a scene and standing next to him will be his conscience talking to him like in his head. So it's kind of entertaining. There's only two seasons of it. It's a British show. I think it's on Amazon Prime. And then I watched uh, Never Too Young to Die with John Stamos, Gene Simmons, Uh, and Vanity. This is what we talked about. I told you about this. We'll probably talk about this more during Crummy Movie March. I think this is going to be a perfect addition to to Crummy Movie March. I I think I'm going to cut you short on that one just because 
I could tell you already just from what you described to me on this past Saturday, whether it's crummy movie March or just in the near future, it's a movie that really deserves a full on breakdown and episode. Yeah. All that good stuff. It's on Pluto TV. It's on Tubi. It's the one I'm hooked on. It's on Plex, like free. Uh It's free all over the place. This is not a hard movie to find. So just a, just a preview. We will be talking at some point about never too young to die. So if anybody in the audience wants to watch it, and they have questions or they have comments. We're doing this little thing. You just kind of, you mentioned it to me on Saturday on Facebook. People can, you know, we'll put the word out of what we're going to record about and people can maybe leave some, some questions or their own kind of comments on, on the movies. But yeah, that that's in a nutshell what I watched without getting too deep into it. What did you watch this week? I only watched a couple things. It is, we're right in the heart of the NFL playoffs. So most of my weekends been revolving around watching that, but I did carve out a little time to rewatch two relatively shitty movies one that might be too shitty for crummy movie march might have to save it for shitty movie september or something like that jesus christ vampire hunter which is also on tubi and plex and everything and i forgot how much this movie does not live up to its title i mean it's very much so old handy cam like just you could tell the rig they're using is some guys just scooting around on a skateboard to move the camera as opposed to using an actual, like, camera rig or anything like that. It's got a couple moments of humor in it, but, again, as a whole, it doesn't live up to its title, which is a damn shame. That's a late 90s movie, right? I want to say it's early 2000s, yeah. but it's, like, either 19... 19- like, 99, 2003, in that yeah, range. Yeah, right in that area. Yeah, I remember when this came out. I do too, and I remember being, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I was right all about it because I really enjoy, again, if you look at the artwork, and I use the word artwork sparingly, but if you look at the artwork for this or the cover art for it, and again, the name itself is an entertaining name, you feel like you're going to get something that's probably still bad, but at least moderately entertaining, and it's kind of one of those movies that is probably bad and just kind of skews more towards bad as opposed to anything else, but... There's a place for that. It's still a movie, which is more than I've managed to make. So what are you going to do? The other uh, movie that I kind of watched this week, which is another one that's kind of been floating around Tubi and keeps popping up as a, you should watch this. And they were a little more right on this one, uh, was Microwave Massacre. For a movie that's titled Microwave Massacre, you would think the microwave would be more involved in the massacring, but it's kind of just more of a cooking device for cannibalism through most of the movie. Shared cannibalism, like, people who don't know that they're eating human are enjoying it but it's you know it's not without its merit for a early 80s shitty movie that's kind of not that good but we were just talking when we talked about the movie paranormal uh paranormal highway like a bad movie should do one of several things it should either be bad but entertaining because the acting's bad or bad but entertaining because these special effects make you kind of laugh and this kind of hits those marks more than anything, if that makes any reasonable sense. Yeah, so I wouldn't say go rush out and see that, but if you're bored or you've had a couple pops, it's it's worth popping on. It's only like an hour and a half long. Most of these, that's one benefit of most of these crummy movies is they don't, usually if you see them run too long, it usually means that it was more that bad that skews towards bad because they didn't know how to cut anything out in the same time. Yeah, the good thing about those movies is they don't linger. <laughs> they generally come and they go. Right. Yeah, and the ones that, that do linger, it's just like, 
you're doing everything bad to begin with. I should have known when I saw this was an hour and 45 minutes plus that this was just going to be bad, bad. The other thing that I really got into, this isn't a watching thing so much. I mean, there is a music video for it, which is entertaining, but um, there's a relatively new like collaborative group out, which we've talked about the band Get Dead before, and um, they released a new track. I think this is their third track that they've released since they've started doing drops of songs and the song is thoroughly addictive um it's got this great like synthy sounding undertone and i honestly don't know if it's actually a synth or if it's a keyboard or some other weird effect making the sound that this makes but this group is primarily um sam from get dead and fat mike from no effects and it seems like every other song has a litany of guys that they bring in for one track this song is just guttural and grimy and dark, but also kind of got like this weird deep groove to it at the same time. I've lost kind of how many times I've played it since it came out on Friday. And you can probably hear it playing in the background right now. If not, then we screwed up. <laughs> I know you're saying this is the first time you're hearing it, but having listened to that Get Dead album, is this kind of what you were expecting out of it, or is this something different? Was this what I was expecting out of the Get Dead album? No, out of this track. I didn't have, had no expectations. This sounds okay. almost like industrial music to me, with kind yeah, of like a punk. I can see that. You know, like we talked about before, Get Dead kind of has that, almost like a hip-hop kind of feel, the way that the lyrics are kind of rapped sometimes. Well, and the weed singer has a hip-hop background. Yeah. Before he was in get dead that's what he was doing so and it shows i mean but this is i like that you say it's synthy this sounds like a i don't know this could be straight the the under lot you know the bass line and the drums could be straight out of like a ministry uh album except not as crunchy and i say synthy for lack of better wording i don't really know what it is that's making the sound i haven't done any taken any type of time to try to figure that out because i just like how it sounds that's i think all it's that time for you to listen to more boards of canada well i can do that i guess it's your gateway drug well sure i like those but if you're interested in this this song and the other songs that they put out so far are available pretty much anywhere you can stream music and it's all available for free so it's something different it sounds good I'm looking forward to seeing them in a couple weeks, so I doubt they'll play this song because it's Get Dead Them seeing and not Codependence, but... Yeah, if we didn't mention this is Codependence and Nate No Face. Bad Business is the name of the song. It's the single. We're going to fade out. <laughs> but that's basically all I've gotten into this week that's worth noting. Anything else is just a general type of rerun stuff. I did try to... I gave that that 90s show about 10 minutes and then i felt too cringy about it and couldn't make it much past that so i don't know if i'll give that another try or not i didn't even realize that was already out i have no interest i, I didn't like really like that 70s show very much and i couldn't care less yeah i didn't really like it either i don't have a good answer as to why i started it, but like i said i got about 10 minutes in before i got annoyed with it i was like that's that's enough of that at least for right now anything else you want to add before we get into the topic of the week we do have a topic this week. We do. We usually have a topic. It's been a while since we haven't had a topic. We should probably do that again. This week, we are talking about the movie Megan or Me 3 again or Me 3 again. I, I'm not really sure how this is supposed to be. It actually is funny because this movie, 
will pull up differently depending on what site you look at. But this movie is currently down from the number one spot on IMDb, all the way plummeting to number five, which is still ridiculously high for most of the shit that we watch on this show. We don't know what that five is out of. I'll do the summary on this one because it's short. I could probably read this. The very basic plot to this movie is a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. I don't like that. I don't either. I feel like that sells the movie short, honestly. I like the storyline better on IMDb. When Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker of her orphaned eight-year-old niece, Katie, I thought it was KT, like K-A-T-I-E, but it's Katie, Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan, or Mithrigan, prototype with Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences. I think that's a much better summary. It is. I think that's right out of the uh, trailer, too. Like, I feel like I heard that more than once. That was me. But that is a much... Was that you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a much more accurate and much more... Truthfully, it just tells you what this movie's about a lot better. Right. Should we give a spoiler warning on this one? I don't know how far we can go before we get into that, or do you want to try to work around that? Oh, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll give a spoiler warning. This movie is still in theaters. It is supposed to have some kind of home, like, on-demand release soon. I think it's going to Peacock, because I watched uh, behind-the-scenes things on it today that had Peacock's branding all over okay. it. Okay, so well, that's probably I'm assuming better. that's where it's going to be, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, so let's give a mild spoiler warning. If you have not seen the movie, we will probably di- dive into some themes in the movie, if not just straight up talk about things that happen in the movie that's kind of par for the course. So if you do plan on listening to this whole podcast and you don't want it spoiled for you, if you care about that sort of thing, maybe you should go and watch the movie. Or watch Child's Play 2019, I think it was. You might get the same idea. Where do we want to start with this one? Let's start actually with what I just said. Do you feel like this is just another killer doll movie or do you feel like this is something else? I didn't see Child's Play, the new one, the 2019 or whatever, 2020, 2021, whatever year it came out in the past 500 years. I didn't see it. It doesn't feel like the old Child's Play because I don't know how much of the new Child's Play. I don't really even want to reference Child's Play. The thing I think that's different between this and at least what I know of Child's Play is that the doll, Megan, we'll just call her Megan. I'm going to call her Megan. You can call her Megan. You can call her whatever, Mithrigan if you want, but because Megan just seems easier for me to say or to remember. Megan... I'm going to call her three chains. She's like two <laughs> chains, but better. She starts out being like an actual friend of the kid. Her motivation at first isn't to hurt anybody. It's to actually help this kid because that's how she's been programmed is to help this kid. I feel like... Chucky always has that ulterior motive of being evil because it's a killer. You know what I'm saying? Like the soul of the killer is transferred into the doll. Whereas this is a doll that eventually becomes a scary doll because of stuff, you know? Yeah, I would agree with you as far as the original run of Child's Play movies. Really, aside from there being a doll that ends up going AWOL, really has little to do with this movie. The remake plays with a lot of the same ideas. What I will say, and this is not just my like hatred of Chucky and all that shit, I feel like this movie execute those, executes those ideas significantly better. It's not without its shortcomings, I'm sure we'll get around to that, but I think just the idea of having a doll that's built on AI and 
the good and the bad that can come of that is kind of flushed out a lot better in this than the gradual, really just a straight horror movie vibe of how they do it in Child's Play, the, the remake. I don't think it really compares to a movie like, movie like Annabelle, which was not only another Killer Doll movie, but another James Wan movie. We didn't mention it. This is a James Wan uh, film. A James so, Wan joint. Yes, Tron is James Wan's hype man. If you don't remember that, I don't remember what episode we said that in, but yo, it was yo. a while ago. James Wan joint. Right. Um, this is also a Blumhouse film, so really, if you if you did watch the trailer, you're probably going to see 90% of what this movie is just from that. But again, I, I think there's things in this that kind of come up better. Like the way that this doll comes to be, like where this doll comes from and how it enters into the story seems more feasible than the whole voodoo bomb guy serial killer in a toy store idea you know how do you feel about the effects in this movie i think they're actually really well done i don't know how much of it is animatronic and how much of it is somebody in a suit it's not animatronic it is a mix of puppeteering and um a girl in a so she's not actually in a suit per se she's an actual actress and they digitally redo her face oh, to be the doll they face. apply the the mask so to speak so for lack yes, of a better term onto her face I, there's pictures of her wearing a mask and it's that looks creepy because they, she couldn't <laughs> see so they cut the eyes out of it and it looks really bizarre it, it looks like a child's like version of leather face the way that and again this is i'll, I'll try to include it we'll include it in the show notes but there's a behind the scenes that shows a lot of how they were doing this which I actually found interesting because watching this the first time and knowing that there's an actor inside the doll in certain points, they do a pretty good job of hiding which one's which. There's times where it's pretty obvious. Like if you have a scene where this doll is covering vast amounts of ground and there's no way that there could be a puppeteer hidden in there, you kind of know that's the actor doing it. But there's a lot of times where it's subtle enough that it works really well. How do you well. know that though? How do I know that? Yeah. The internet told me. I mean, Kermit rode a bike in 1980. That's true. Has Kermit ever killed anyone? I'm sure he has. But I'm just saying, if Kermit can ride a bike, <laughs> I'd love to see the movie where he does, though. <laughs> if Kermit can ride a bike well, if in I was 19- sure of yourself you were when you said it. <laughs> hey, you never know. If Kermit can ride a bike in 1990, and it looks like he's riding a goddamn bike, then I anything's possible to me. When you say it looks like he's riding a bike, I think you're using the bare minimum of what it looks like to ride a bike. He doesn't look like that. he's riding a bike. Kermit the Frog is riding a bike. He doesn't look like he's riding a bike. He's riding a bike. I was more impressed with Fozzie driving than Kermit riding a bike. Yeah, you can't see his feet, though. Like, his whole body his is in the picture. But let's get off Kermit. Sean, there's, I'm people, just saying, there's people without legs in real life, and they still manage to have vehicles that they could drive. It, it, handicap does not mean uncapable. Fozzie the bear has feet that work. Let's not get into a debate about the anatomy of a Muppet, but let's just say that I don't know. They do a really good job. You asked about special effects. I just think they do a really good job of it's, there's none of that forced perspective stuff. Like what I don't, I hate to keep bringing up Chucky, but it's a good point of reference. We talked about Chucky. We talked about child's play and there were scenes in that movie where there's clearly a person in a suit, in a Chucky suit. Yeah, because they the the perspective like the size is just they off. do the There's giant sets yes, and the, with the with the, per, the bigger person right and the person's clothes like it's camera tricks 
Yeah. Whereas with this, it's got to be a good combination of puppet, like you said, puppeteering, CG, and an actor with their face digitally enhanced. So I just, I to answer your question before the Muppets and all that good stuff, I do think that the special effects are, are really well done. Even like stupid stuff like the the fur the Furbia like that poops when you feed it too much candy or whatever it does. Like that whole thing. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. I think that thing's in and out of the movie pretty quick. Yeah. It's kind of like what the whole first 20 minutes of the movie is based on is that. Yeah. So just to preface it, the ant is played by uh, Allison. Williams. Allison Williams. Yeah. Sorry. And she is a, the toy maker. She's the, she's Gemma. She's the ant. And she's like basically making this Furby doll. They want, they have this, this Furby that you can feed and it like farts all the time and it poops out like candy or something. Right. And the girl, Katie's parents are killed and she goes to live with the ant and the ants trying to make this other thing to like secure her, her legacy because, you know, she was this robotics creator in college and she kind of wants to elevate this toy. She wants to make the ultimate toy. She made like the real life Rock'em Sock'em robot. Yeah, basically that's like controlled with yeah. hand, you know hand movements, everything. It's like VR mm. without the VR controlling this Which, avatar. Didn't they do that in some Hugh Jackman movie? And he have one where he's in like real a robot steel. boxing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so further movies that this is well, it's got ideas, but from. I don't. I wouldn't say that it's borrowed from that. I think this is an individual thing. I mean, James Wan did the he did the story. And Akela uh, Cooper did the screenplay. So, yeah, it's a James. It's basically like a James Wan idea that someone else fleshed out. So you can say James Wan yeah. has a hand in it, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd necessarily. You know, he, he draws attention, right? You're putting James Wan's name on something so clearly on his fucking payroll. I am James. Yep. Make checks payable to uh, Dewey Pot Monster. Help us pay the hosting bill at the very least. But anyways, <laughs> so she's trying to develop this this ultimate toy, like the toy to end all toys, and her boss is on her back about it. And at first, the toy is a piece of crap. It, like, breaks down. It, it's not programmed correctly. Katie, her parents it are- blows up. Yeah. Her parents are killed in this car accident, well, the stupidest car accident of all time. And uh, she goes to live with her aunt, and her aunt basically- makes this robot come back because she doesn't want to be a parent. Like she's too busy to be a parent. It's got a lot of really interesting ideas that play off of the electronic babysitter, right? Like my kids yeah. being really loud, I'm going to give them an iPad an iPad or they're yeah. getting on my nerves. I'm the, everything's about pushing responsibility of being a parent off onto something else. And this film really explores what if you could make AI be your parent, AI would be the parent. This thing would watch the kid. It would read its stories. It would teach it math or teach it school studies. It could be homeschooled by this robot. And that would give you all the free time to drink wine and, you know, work on your robot, I guess. It's interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting idea. Well, I think that's where this movie does a good job separating itself from some of those other movies that we compared it to is, you know, again, it's not without flaw, but you do get to see a pretty good job of them showing this robot evolve from being just this real, I don't want to call it a basic program because obviously it's quite a bit more intuitive than that, but you see it evolve from being this, where it starts as a program and how it kind of gradually grows to this underlying problem that you all, everyone who sees this is going to know that what's good, have an idea that things are going to go poorly yeah. 
before the end of this movie. But in a sense, it almost feels a little rushed, but it flushes it out. What flushes the idea out? Well, where it's almost believable, like as far as how this doll's AI is evolving, how it's learning and why it's starting to make the less favorable decisions that lead to the end of this movie. You don't know if I'd actually say that I feel like it's rushed until maybe the end. The end's kind of where, for me, this movie takes a turn. Again, we'll get to that because I don't want to jump right to that yet. Well, this mo- this movie is rated PG-13. I know you were telling me something that how much a bunch of it was cut to make the rating. Yeah, so I, okay, so I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie is a PG-13 movie. And when this movie, this movie came out, I think it was on beginning of January. I want to say January 6th because it was on some of the advertising that I saw. And like a day or two before both, was it Jason Blum and um, your boy, um, James Wan? Yep. We're both saying that this movie, that there's a lot of gore that was cut out and that this movie is trimmed down to make the PG-13 rating. Now... There's obvious reasons why you do that, because you want to make more money. Okay, well, that's fine. For me, especially knowing that going into this movie, there's a lot of points once we get to the third act of this film where it felt... I was painfully aware of the fact that this was a PG-13 movie that had been essentially neutered to get a PG-13 as opposed to an R. And we mentioned... Do you, mean, do you mean it's an R-rated movie that was neutered to PG-13? Yeah, that's what I okay. meant. I'm sorry. Yep. We mentioned that we're going to start kind of putting things out there to try to get some feedback about the movie ahead of time before we talked it, talk about it. And we did that with this movie, just kind of chumming the water, see what came back. I had four different people respond. Every single one of them made a point of mentioning the PG-13 rating. About It was a 50-50 split. Like, half of them said it didn't bother them at all. Half of them said that kind of took them out of the movie. You know, I think I don't want to hear the argument that you can't do a uh, PG-13 horror movie and have it come out good. I think that's stupid. But I think that when you know that there's an R-rated movie that exists, and if you want that extra push to the R-rated, like, I feel like it would have helped this movie feel more intense and it would have made the consequences of this style feel a lot more eh, maybe not believable but a lot more well entertaining to be perfectly honest if they had just gone full on like if the third act went full on hard r and did what i would have expected it to do once this doll has essentially gone rogue i don't know if i agree with that that's fair i feel like go ahead tell me why i'm wrong no i don't think you're wrong i just don't agree with it i don't think that okay i mean now that knowing that this was cut down to be an R. I'm curious to see what was cut, but I don't feel like the movie was compromised. So that almost makes me question, like, what was actually cut? If I don't feel like it's compromised, maybe it needed to be cut. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the PG-13 version, if there's, let's say, half an hour, what's the runtime on this movie? Do you remember? It's only like an hour and a half, which is to its credit. So if we added another half hour, what, and the ending is still the ending. There's no mention of, I don't remember anything that was mentioned that I was like, when did that happen? You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. it kind of makes me think like how much, how, how, how much worse would I have thought this movie was if the full thing was in there? Like, it just feels like it would have dr- drug on for two hours at that point. 
I think it could be a matter of five minutes because I think okay. it's the majority of where it's going to be is going to be in the big reveal of like, well, what's supposed to be the big reveal of this toy to the market is where Mithrigan or three chains, as we're calling her, really starts to go off and she starts, this is where she actually starts killing people. And that's where you see a lot of cutaway scenes. You see the tone of the blood go from a blood color to like a darker color. You see, see things fade out and see quick cuts and stuff like that. And those are the things that feel like you could have, I mean, just think of what's in the elevator when they open the elevator and they actually do show a little bit in there. Mm -hmm. But if I had to guess what's probably missing in there is what actually happened in those scenes. You probably see again, I don't know what she would have done specifically, but essentially seeing these people get butchered up in this hallway scene that instead turned into a TikTok dance that sold the movie, essentially. Yeah, I guess I just don't feel like that's always necessary. It's not necessary. Like I, I don't I don't want it to come off like that. It's not necessary. But then again, neither is a movie about an AI robot doll that kills things. Well, I mean, it, I, if we're using that logic, then nothing is necessary. If, well, <laughs> there we go. We're back on the nihilism kick. Nothing is necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary, but if you're selling this movie, and and I, this is another point that I want to bring up, is this is not a slasher movie. I don't really know yeah, why no. it's getting labeled as a slasher movie. But if that's the angle that you're going for, is a slasher movie have some slashing happen that's kind of po the point of that genre and yeah again i'm sure whenever it comes to peacock or to whoever it goes to you know maybe i'm wrong on that maybe it ends up on something else i'm sure the day it comes out whatever that difference is is going to be available since they're already talking about it it just right. seems like an easy way for them to get a second round of hype around it from what they've already done i just felt like it was something that it it didn't necessarily take me out of the movie but it did make me feel like i didn't get the full experience of what could have been i just wonder kind of when you said something about the trailer did you watch the trailer before you watch this movie no i wonder i saw the dance though because it yeah was that kind all of over. yeah you couldn't avoid that i just wonder how huh. many people it'd be interesting to see how many people is the of the people who watched the movie that you know commented on the facebook post how many of those people saw the trailer and how many didn't i i didn't go into uh -huh. the movie with really any expectation other than i saw it's really funny when i saw that this, this movie was coming out it was like i just heard about the movie it was probably in december and i was like oh i think i mentioned it to you i was like oh have you seen this thing blah 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 and it just looked creepy it's like i was just like no it was like <laughs> has that uncanny valley look to the face and everything it just looks off yeah. enough that i thought it looked creepy but I didn't see any anything else besides that. I kind of like clicked on it to see who was in it in the movie, but I didn't see the trailer. I didn't know much about anything, but you, like you said, the dance I think was unavoidable. Like I don't, we've talked about it before. I don't look for trailers. I try not to watch any of that stuff, but I, I definitely saw part of the dance. Like probably, I don't even know where I would have seen it, but it just, you know, creeps in somewhere, social media sure. or somewhere. I just, I, I felt like because I didn't see anything, maybe that is why I'm not so put out i guess that i didn't get that extra thing like you said once it comes on streaming i'm sure there will be a cut that's like the uncut or the extended cut or they yeah, might just release it without it whatever they want to call it yeah and maybe there will be two versions you know basically two skews on streaming one that's the version you can show Theatrical. your kid and the one that you 
might have to, for whatever arbitrary reason, you have to wait till they're 18 or whatever stupid, silly thing. Yeah. I do think if I didn't know that there was an R-rated cut going into the movie, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that, so maybe that explains yeah. it. As far as, like, trailers and stuff like that, like, this didn't feel like a movie that I needed a trailer for. In fact, I think even last week when we talked about this, like, you were saying that you wanted to watch this, I was like, nah, and here we are. Yeah. This one didn't really sell itself to me ahead of time, but I will say I was I enjoyed it more than I thought it would, so that's a good thing. So I know that they were kind of, we're thinking that they were kind of new, probably neutered in some way. What did you think uh-huh. of, of some of the kills that, that we got? Like the dog, the neighbor, the kid in the woods. What did you think of those? So I'm never a fan of a dog getting killed in a movie. It's, you know, just one of those things I don't like. Uh-huh. So I could have done without that. Um, it wasn't on screen. So I guess that helps. But for me, you know, I hear a lot of people say they don't like seeing kids get hurt or anything like that. And to an extent I can deal with that. I just, I don't want to see the dog get hurt because <laughs> I'm a horrible human being. The scene with the neighbor, I kind of watched it like with that killer, I, I guess, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I've, I've used one of those at home. It's a power washer she uses, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yep. I, I don't, it's enough to kind of give you a bad afternoon, but I don't think it would kill someone. I don't know. I don't think I'd ever want to be hit by a, by a power washer. Well, I, I'm not claiming it would be pleasant, but I don't know that it would cause death. Anything could cause death. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think that'd be a pretty bad way to go. I just... <laughs> I mean, if it does kill you, yeah, that would be a pretty bad way to go. It's like wa- waterboarding times two. We'll just be shooting a hole in you. I mean, you can, like... Theoretically. You spray dirt off of your fence with it. I mean, it's pretty high pressure. Yeah, but that's... I still don't think that a at-home power washer is going to be quite that strong. I guess it's possible, but it seems unlikely. Hold your hand at the end of the wand next time and No, I, I said I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to have my hands being Jesus cosplay just to, like, prove your point. So I just thought the kill itself was kind of humorous. The, the neighbor character. I thought the kill was humorous. Yeah. That neighbor character is so just shitty, you know? Like, everybody oh, has a neighbor well, yeah, like I that had no, that you're just kind of I like, had no yes. sympathy. Yeah, no sympathy for the neighbor. Yeah, sympathy for the dog, but not for the neighbor. Fuck the neighbor. What are some of the other ones? That, I mean, you, there's really not a lot of kills in this. For a movie no. that's sold as like another killer doll movie, there's, what, maybe five people total that get got in this? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, five or six. I, I didn't keep count. This isn't a deadly prey like, kill count or anything, but... No, it definitely play, pray blows it out of the water as far as that goes yeah. in the first like two minutes of the movie. But it, what I like about the scenes that we did get is there's unlike Chucky, when this style comes to life and starts doing murdery things, it's a lot more interesting of a watch. Um, it's more interesting to see the effects are just dramatically better. So the way that it's moving and the way that it's doing what it's doing is more impressive to watch than what you would have got out of previous versions of this type of thing. Part of that is just the technology and where we're at right now, and then part of that is just because this character is not nearly as annoying as Chucky is. I like the idea of her just, because you never see those big like paper cutters anymore yeah. that she uses yep. to get the blade from. I like her, the idea of her just popping that off like it's nothing and using it like a machete in the hallway. I was like, well, that's, that's fairly entertaining, because that kind of gives you an idea of how 
why you would make a, a child's toy this overpowered is humorous, but you're there they are. Yeah, she basically carries it around like a like a scimitar, something like a yeah, sword. It's I thought of it as a machete, but yeah, scimitar works too. And again, Ginsu knife of paper cutters, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think who else actually died in the movie other than the couple people in the elevator. The kid in the woods. Oh, the kid. I thought that scene was kind of weird. I don't... I So I know this is after the dog scene, but I never really got why she got on all fours and chased him like a dog. I didn't I didn't get that either. I think just to freak him out maybe, but wh- why would she know that that's something that would be terrifying? Yeah. You, don't, you wouldn't think that you'd move any faster as a human being. No, and I don't think you would, and you certainly wouldn't be more efficient and i wouldn't think she would quite know what freaked out is i also didn't understand why that kid was being such a general prick to begin with i was like what what did anyone do to you little shit maybe he's just a sociopath (laughs) i guess didn't really feel bad about him getting it either but that scene was a little weird i felt like that could have played out better i do like the scene of megan or me three three chains sitting on the uh toy uh table with all the like stuffed animals and stuff just looking generally creepy that was kind of entertaining uh what do you think about some of these i thought i just thought some of them were kind of humorous i thought like the kid was kind of i got a little laugh out of it the the woman the the neighbor um i thought the detective he's asking questions and he i forget how he phrases it but he has asked this question and it's like oh yeah did you hear about so and so and it was something that was related the I don't know. Didn't they call you? She was complaining about the dog the day before, and then he was like, "Well, she's not going to bug you again." <laughs> well, no, it was the detective, not the not the cop. Oh, the detective uh, comes I'm and says something, him. and kind of, it's about somebody else that died, and he's like, "Yeah, we we came over here. We've gotten two statements. I think it was the kid. We've gotten three okay. two statements from me in two days. What's going?" And then she's like, "Yeah, he the 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 detective says something to the effect of, yeah, the kid's ears was.'" They, we, they found his ears and blah, blah, blah next to the, you know, 20 feet away. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I probably shouldn't be, t- I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny because, you know, yeah. he acknowledges the reason that, you know, he's telling her is, is a ridiculous reason. But one thing that, I don't know, for some reason just really, it's nitpicky, but it's like this thing is a prototype, right? Oh. This is a prototype that you're working for, that you're working on for a huge corporation there is no way in hell that a corporation would be cool with you taking a working prototype of a product that they're considering putting in development. Not that's a product like, like this. That's top secret. And you're just yeah, out not in a product public. Like this. Yeah, you're driving with it in your car. Your kid's going to summer camp or, I know it's not summer camp. Daycare but or whatever to, Yeah, whatever. And they just, they're, they'd be cool with you just showing this thing off to who, and like, that's no way. I mean, you've heard of like the old iPhones got leaked or android yeah. phones or whatever left in a bar and people picked it up and some of that could be marketing but there's that's a phone this is like basically one, a robot a th- yeah that can act yeah. autonomously there is no fucking way well to kind of piggyback on that there's no way that this wouldn't have some kind of fail safe in it at this point now i know the premise is that the ai kind of overrides that at some point uh, but if the person, Gemma, who's the one who programs this, yeah. I, I refuse to believe that she wouldn't be able to access this remotely and just write some kind of kill code kill and switch, just yeah. end it right there. 
I don't know shit about programming AI, but I feel like that would be programming AI like 101. Like when the Terminator shows up, this is how we shut it off, you know? Well, I think it's interesting commentary on AI in general, but I also think that, you know, there's theories that when when AI becomes sentient, basically, that they're going to speak in, to each other in a language that you are never going to be able to understand. They are yeah. not going to speak in, like, English, and they might not even speak out loud, but they're going to communicate in a way that pig we Latin. would never know. Oh, yeah, it's got to be Pig Latin. Yeah. Right. So they could do, you know, they, they could eventually rewrite their own code. I, I'm not, I don't put that out of the realm of possibility that she has access to all this stuff. She accesses the home, the smart home network, essentially, sure. and learns all this stuff, can is on Wi-Fi, downloads all this Orders stuff. Orders a bunch of shit from Alexa. Yeah, yep. Yeah, glorified yeah. Alexa, and yeah. that is able to speak to these other other smart home devices, Internet of Things devices, and and, you know, has its way with whatever it wants. I just think that's kind of a scary concept on its own. It could have been maybe explored a little bit more, but I like that they kind of tap in a little bit, but they could have tapped in a lot more. I, I don't know how much you can get into in an hour and a half movie. I mean, this isn't a movie. It's a movie about AI that's not really about AI. It's just about a creepy doll. It's actually quite relieving that it's only an hour and a half because this is totally the kind of premise that you, I could easily see a studio stretching into like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, falling down a rabbit hole on some yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a big, big plus in this one i guess the only other thing to really cover before we get into hot dogs is you know this is already announced that there's sequels sequel sequels coming for this do you have any thoughts on that kind of right where it's at right now at the end of the movie i did feel like they could have killed it you know it could have been done but the way that they, well, they ripped its head off and made it look like daft punk for a minute so that was kind of entertaining i think the thing the way that they're going to go is going to be Basically like Chucky, you know, Chucky lived in the ether for a little bit before uh-huh. he r- took over a new body. And I think that this is going to be funky. The, the toy companies either going to make some new prototype. They're going to try and, you know, revise the thing. It's never going to happen again that way. And then Megan's going to get back into this thing or it's going to manifest in some other device. But it'll have to be some kind of personified. And that's AI. kind of exactly what my thought was with it. It's like, where do you go with this to keep it moving other than okay, well, there's money to be made here. It's not going to happen again. And, oh, look at that. It happened again. You know? I mean, is it going to be in like an Ibo, like a Sony Ibo right. robot dog? No, it's going to be in a, like some kind of human thing. Otherwise, it's Ghost in the Machine <laughs> from like 97 or whenever that came out. That stupid movie. It's not great. Do you want to start on hot dogs or you want me to go first? I can start on it. I think that will probably be pretty different from how we've already been talking. But for me, I give it, seven rubber faces out of 11 i don't know other things i just thought it was really (laughs) i just thought it was really entertaining like i think like i said at the beginning megan is like the good guy doll who starts to turn bad because of the codependency in the relationship there's a lot of themes that are kind of looked at in this movie we're talking ai we're talking about absent parenting codependency I, I I like to look for humor in horror. We've said that a lot. I I think that's fairly evident. And I think that this movie has a lot of black or really subtle humor. It's not. Be- it's marketed that way. Yeah. It's actually labeled as a horror comedy. Okay. Yeah. I think you're. Yeah. I think I did see that. But it's not beating uh-huh. you over the head with trying to be funny. You know, it's not yeah. like somebody comes with a cane and a top hat and they're doing like a 
a shuffle or something into the screen. Snow clowns. That's true. I don't like dolls. I don't like doll movies. I don't like where dolls are the, the thing that's scary. So for me to give it a 7 out of 11, I think that's it says a lot about it. It just slyly inserts the funny when you're not really expecting it. I didn't even like the, the movie Dolls. I saw that when I, I saw just a scene. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. Of it when I was like nine and I noped right out of that. Like, I don't ever need to see this. I didn't want to go in the upstairs in the house I was in where they watched the movie because they could have dolls there. I, it wasn't my house. I don't like dolls. So, like I said, seven out of 11, I think for someone with my background that doesn't like clowns, which is fairly, should be fairly evident, doesn't like dolls, especially the ones where you tilt them and the eyes close. I don't like those dolls are super creepy. Um, I think that's kind of saying a lot, but I mean, it's not the best movie. There are little nitpicky things that we could talk about. There's just weird little things that happen that are kind of like, why did that happen? Or, you know, but I don't think there's any question for me on, oh, they need to add the, the five minutes or however long in, I need to see the R rated version. I think that this, this PG 13 rated version is just a, okay. We're not as far apart as you would think, surprisingly. Uh, I will say, I think my favorite line in this movie is when Gemma says to me three chains, you kill people. And she replies, oh, big whoop. <laughs> I thought that was a really, really great line. So I'm actually, for me, this movie is a, maybe the most solid six hot dogs out of 10 big whoops of any movie that I can think of. It did exceed my expectations. And I, I had, I think I had lower expectations going into this than you did. Like I mentioned, I even a week ago when we talked about this, I was kind of on the fence and just kind of did it for the audience. Cause that's what you do. But this, uh, this movie, like, like I mentioned before, I don't feel like there's anything in this movie that I haven't really seen in one way or another. It's kind of a hodgepodge of ideas that have come from different doll movies, different robot movies and different AI movies and all kind of sandwiched together. That being said, I feel like this movie kind of executes almost every one of those ideas a little bit better. It's, I don't, I didn't ever feel like this movie was scary in any real way. It's got little moments of creepy, but just in the sense that dolls are kind of creepy to begin with, it's not, there's nothing about this that's a, that I would call a scary movie. My gripes, if I'm going to have a gripe with it is again, I felt like the third act especially was kind of neutered. I was hoping for more of a payoff, which is, you know, maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe not. Again, from the feedback that I got, I feel like that's kind of a kind of split right down the middle from my giant market research of four people. <laughs> the other thing that I can say about this movie is, so I watched this movie towards the beginning of last week and I've kind of gone back to looking at stuff on it to keep it fresh so we could do this show. But it is, is very forgettable like even when we've talked because obviously we talked throughout the week when i talked to you on saturday it took me like a minute to be like what the hell did i watch it oh yeah me three chains that's right i had to kind of I, I found myself you know outside of the overarching plot of killer doll or ai killer doll i guess i found myself kind of forgetting about the details on this movie fairly quickly and just kind of having it go to being one of one of those movies it's not bad it's not a movie that like if i were to watch this movie i don't know that i would not pay theater prices but let's say i paid 10 bucks to watch this movie i wouldn't feel like i was ripped off of my 10 bucks i certainly wouldn't feel like i was ripped off of my time but it's outside of maybe wanting to see how they 
do bump up the R rating. I really don't have a big desire to go back and watch this again. So it's just kind of right in the middle for me. It's not bad, but it's not anything fantastic either. I want to go back real quick, and you said creepy. Uh, we didn't even bring it up. The creepiest thing is about this movie is that the doll sits next to the kid all night oh, and charges. Yeah. It's like... While watching her. Yeah, it's insidious. It it reads your body language. It can read your emotions on your face. Like, get that thing away from... Get that thing away from my bed. Yeah. Get that thing away from my kid. Yeah, or how it sits and stares out the window randomly. Yeah. Yeah. But creepy isn't scary. There's Those are two yeah, different, two different things. things. Yeah, so. apples and oranges. So, wrapping with this, the other quote in this movie that's really memorable and worth repeating... This movie is the moment that we kicked Hasbro right in the dick. <laughs> I do remember that, actually. So with that in mind, uh, I think we're going to wrap here. I think that's all we got. Uh, in the meantime, please do like, review, rate, share the show. That would be super helpful. Greatly appreciated. Uh, follow us on all the social networks. We are at Dewey Pod Monster, pretty much anywhere you can find us. I will be posting whatever we decide to talk about next we'll put that up in the next day or two and try to get your feedback so we can work those ideas into the show let us know if you want us to actually read out your comments kind of more verbatim or if you just want us to kind of work with the ideas like we did today i don't know if anyone wants to be thrown under under the bus for lack of better wording like that but if you're interested in being more of a participant i guess let us know Aside from that, I'm probably forgetting something, but Sean will probably catch it for me and let you know where you can find him. I don't remember anything ever, uh, <laughs> but you can find me at youtube.drafttherapy.com. I am the expert on Michigan craft beer, I guess. So I talk about that kind of stuff. We're doing seller March, seller dive March. So what am I talking about? Seller dive January. It's March, January. Same thing. Yeah. So I'm good digging in my cellar to see if I got good beer, if it's just meh after all that time. You can also check me out on all the social medias at Draft Therapy. All right. That's all we got this week. We will talk to you next Tuesday morning. Same Dewey Pod place, same Dewey Pod time. Have a great week. De esta parte de la calle nos bregamos con esa mierda de la China, loco. Te jodiste. Ya tú sabes lo que va a pasar ahora.